Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk, coach, trainer, speaker. Um, welcome along. Thank you for joining me today. I'm taking a slightly different approach today. I'm doing a, a few shorter uh, topics, covering a few few more issues in a shorter way although actually I've already just uh, recorded it and, and I do spend much longer than I had to anticipate on one particular subject I hope it's really helpful hope it's really interesting if it is thank you so much for listening and please please feel free to share it on your social media or cut and paste it or send it to a friend that you think oh, that that could be really useful for um, that would be really really helpful thank you um, it's the only way I get word out really um, is word of mouth I don't have a marketing budget or anything like that equally if you would like to help then I understand I'm told that if you rate and review it on your uh, wherever whatever platform you listen to it on then it's, it increases the chances of other people accidentally finding it and so that would be really useful and if you do both of those then I'd be eternally grateful anyway I'm going to crack straight into this week's episode because it's actually a lot longer than I was anticipating um, and I hope it helps a slightly different approach today I'm going to cover a, um, a few smaller points um, instead of one longer point um, so I hope you like uh, today's approach um, the first one I, uh, that has been really bothering me lately is um, the fact that we need to be a little bit careful what we let in um, into our, our minds, what information we allow in to affect us, to influence us um, in a good or bad way. Uh, we need to have a bit of a tidy up. Um, you know, we would not um, allow somebody to to come into our house and a visitor to come into our house and just, I don't know, graffiti all over it or, or tread loads and loads of mud and, um, d- uh, you know, dirt and um, leave clutter and mess everywhere. We just wouldn't. We are, you know, mindful. We are aware of our surrounds. We look after our surrounds and um, have some boundaries. And we need those um, do we have the same boundaries about content that we let into our mind, that we let into influence us, good or bad? Um, in fact, actually, this morning, whilst I was eating my breakfast, I was just scrolling through a little bit of Twitter, and I realised I have got so much stuff in there that I don't want, that I haven't invited, I'm not following, it just pops up. And I had a really good turf out of all the unfollow, block ad, block ad, less ads, etc, etc, less content of this or that. Because I don't want people just barging their way in just as I wouldn't want people barging their way into my home so why do I allow them to barge into my mind um, and my the content and to drag me down so I had a massive sort out searched up people that I did want to follow that I hadn't been following because they inspire me and they motivate me and they make or they make me smile or they make me think in a good way um, and sift out the negativity. And that felt really good. In the same way that actually my husband shamed me at the weekend by having a massive clear up of the fridge 
Um, my fridge management is appalling. It's atrocious. I'm surprised I haven't actually poisoned the family so far. Uh, it would seem um, after he had a massive turf out of the fridge, particularly all the vegetable drawers and um, salad drawers and the rotten dripping cucumber that was discovered and things like that. Had a great clear up. It looks amazing. And actually it really in, um, increases efficiency. I'm much... <laughs> much better at picking meals, uh, using the fresh produce, knowing what's there. It's all edible. Um, I'm completely aware there's nothing hiding under stuff, rotting away. Um, And it makes life much easier. It makes it much healthier. Um, And you feel more in control. So I was grateful but embarrassed by his actions. Um, And you know, perhaps we'll turn over a new leaf and be much more on top of it regularly instead of let it get a little bit out of hand. And so those sorts of turf outs feel good, don't they? They they make you feel much more in control, much more positive um, and efficient, much more efficient in the same way. And what is troubling me at the moment, the reason I'm doing this topic is I'm so mindful of what the media are doing at the moment. Um, and I'm I'm actually quite concerned about what they're doing at the moment. It was bad enough, I thought, in COVID. They really did spread panic and fear. And they've gone off the boil about that now. They've realised that actually, um, you know, the different variants are getting less and less and we're coping with them. And thankfully, the hospital rates have come down and uh, the death rates have come down, etc. And they've gone off the boil about COVID and they've stopped breeding panic and fear and terror in all of us, particularly, I think, um, teenagers as well. I, I think it's it's really irresponsible um, scaring teenagers uh, and young adult, young people. I remember at that age, when I was that age, the big topic at the time, and I don't know why it was so relevant, but the huge thing that kept going on and on and on, I remember it being massively scary for me as a 12, 13-year-old, it seemed to be constantly in the media about the threat of a nuclear attack and was someone going to press that red button? And we were, it wasn't just me. I remember it being a topic amongst schoolmates, schools. I've heard other people my age, people in the... Uh, um, famous people or on quiz shows or satire shows and things, mentioning exactly this, that they grow up with that fear of a nuclear... T- and it, it is frightening. And I know from working with so many troubled teenagers at the moment that these sorts of fears get deeply under their skin, really provokes anxiety and worry. And I think the one at the moment that concerns me most is the constant talk about the financial crisis and the fact that there was a big thing just a few days ago where they were literally saying people will die this winter because they can't put the heating on. Children will get hypothermia, they'll get bad breathing and um, chest infections and asthmas and, um, you know, all of the rest of it, etc. Now, I know there's the financial crisis. We all do. We're all um, watching the pennies and cutting back and I've already been doing those sorts of things here and thinking where can we cut back and, and where can we shave off some costs, etc., what can we sacrifice, what can we give up and where can we save costs and where can we increase costs should I get an additional part-time job to complement this, um, the coaching business, uh, etc. 
And those are the sorts of things that you do, isn't it, when you're running a family and looking after a household. Um, you try and find ways around the issue. You take personal responsibility. I think it's wrong to assume and hope that other people will fix it for us, that governments will fix it or whatever. It's also down to us. It's no one's fault. It's because of post-COVID. It's, it's the Ukraine or, or Russia, should I say. Um, there are many factors. It's not just us. It's right across Europe. Many people, many countries are in exactly the same boat. So there's no point blaming. That doesn't get us anywhere. That just keeps us stuck um, in negativity. Um, there's no point hoping that someone else will fix it. Yes, the government hopefully will do some things that will help. Um, but we too have to do things for ourselves. We have to take some personal responsibility and look at where we can save costs and increase income perhaps. Uh, those sorts of things. We'll feel better for that because we'll feel more in control as well. And we'll feel that we're less victim mentality, less blame um, mentality. That doesn't get anybody anywhere in any topic. I, I never encourage that in any, any issue that anyone's facing. I always encourage as a coach, what? yes, it's not a great situation that you find yourself in, any situation that any of us find ourselves in. But the best way forward and the best way to cope with anything, anything in life, any difficulty or challenge is to try and see what's in your control, what you might be able to do about it or to improve it or to cope with it better, etc. That, that is across the board on any topic and exactly the same applies here. Um, it's so much better for us humans if we feel there's an element of that. So I'd highly recommend that. But what worries me about the media is breeding this panic, breeding this t intense fear. Teenagers will be reading this. Children will hear this on the, in the news, that children are going to die, people will die in the cold, etc., etc. And I would just say... That that does not have to be the case. I think, yes, for elderly, I think more so for the elderly, that worries me. If they can't afford to put the heating on, that's heartbreaking. And it is a serious issue and it is life-threatening for older people. But when I was a kid, we grew up in a house, a big farmhouse in the middle of the fields with no trees, no, no buildings, no nothing. We were totally exposed to all the elements, completely and we had no heating. We had, it was a four-bedroom four house. We had four kids and two adults. It, it was part of Dad's... He was a, a, worked on a farm and it came as part of his income. It was a tied cottage, as they call it, of a sort of farmer's house with the job. Um, and it had no heating. It had a fire, a, an open fire, an old wooden log fire downstairs in one of the rooms. That was it. We used to put our school clothes in the airing cupboard so they were slightly warm overnight. And we used to get dressed in front of the open airing cupboard door for some warmth. We went to bed with thick blankets, thick um, pyjamas, socks on and a hot water bottle in all of our beds. I remember sitting in my bedroom doing homework with ice on the inside of the windows. And we were fine. You know, we didn't die. Um, and I said this recently out with a group of friends and my husband said the same. He grew up in a house that had no heating, an open fire downstairs, that was it. And most of the time that was surrounded by wet washing on areas that mum was trying to get dry anyway. 
Um, so little warmth from that. Um, and it's not a sub story. It's just a fact. <laughs> just, that's what happened. And we were absolutely fine. We didn't have asthmas or eczemas or allergies or anything like that. We rarely had coughs, colds or any flus. We were unbelievably healthy. And that's actually, if you think about evolution and how we all, how the human um, race developed it was outside uh, uh, in front of fires and caves uh, uh, you know in shelters and things like that we survived the human race survived the cold we just put thicker um, skins on or whatever it was um, furs or whatever we had hundreds and hundreds of years ago thousands of years ago we added our layers and they're so true isn't it just add layers on if you can or um you know I remember sitting doing my homework with a blanket over me over my legs and feet and big thick socks and things like that we will be all right about the heating I think if we have to make a choice between eating or heating it should be the food and again uh with you know careful purchasing and more fresh produce and throwing in tins of, um, you know, doing a big old vegetable chilli or a chilli, you know, um, and bulking it up with carrots and red kidney beans and things like that, bulking it up so you've got a big vat of a... I do a a roast chicken on a Sunday often, and then the leftover bits of chicken I throw into a soup with barley, um, carrots, celery, onions and mushrooms, and some chicken stock. That probably costs pennies rather than pounds, literally pennies, um, going to Aldi and getting the carrots and the celery and stuff like that. And it makes a huge big pan of chicken soup, which feeds... So not only does the roast feed us on the Sunday with veg and potatoes, chicken roast, dirt cheap, really, in c- compared to some of the other meats, it then fe- feeds us again with a chicken soup, a really hearty filling chicken soup and really good for you full of veg and pearl barley and it goes in a flask for my son's lunch at work when he works outside it's so cost effective that that costs those few meals for five of us at the moment um costs so little it's what we've got to think about more than panic and listen to the media is how we're going to make hearty feeling warming because that's what we need warm food to warm us up give us good vitamins give us good nutrition keep our immune system boosted for the winter elements and then put lots of layers on when we will be all right so what i'm saying is, um, is this isn't supposed to be about how to cope um because we all know how to cope uh, um would never ever dream of um thinking i know better at all but what i'm saying that the the message that i'm saying is don't let the media get into your brain and panic you and and provoke fear and anxiety this is uh, they then they're talking about as well on this in the same breath how everybody's mental health is going to be affected as a result and it's going to affect and drag us all down and we'll have a huge further mental health pandemic epidemic no they're spreading that they're creating that largely or they're certainly feeding it Um, and perhaps putting it where it wouldn't be because they're provoking fear, anxiety and panic uh, about what's going to happen and how people are going to make ends meet and eat and 
and fuel their homes and stay warm, etc. They are predicted, predicting such doom and gloom and awfulness. Of course, that's going to affect our mental health if, if we let that into our minds and drag us down. We haven't even, you know, September has only just started. It only just has started to feel autumnal. And the temperatures in the evenings and the nighttime temperatures have changed quite drastically. For some, for the better. Um, that was really too hot. Um, and they're already breeding this. And I, I know it's to, to sell newspapers and it, it, it's their role. But what I'm saying to all of us is we, we mustn't let it drag us down. It doesn't have to be that reality for us at all. We can embrace what's going on. We can dig deep and find inner resilience. We can, we can rise to it. My husband said to me a few weeks ago, you should have been in the Second World War. Um, because it doesn't matter whether it was the COVID lockdown, um, sort of mother hen nurturing all of the family here and keeping them all safe, or the drought lately, I've been, <laughs> the drought, up and down the stairs, whenever someone showers in the house or has a bath, I'm up and down the stairs with buckets, capturing the excess water, bringing it downstairs and watering all the plants, it's exhausting, <laughs> but good for my fitness, um, keeping the plants outside alive, because of the drought, and um, he, he takes the mick out of me, oh here we go, we've got another challenge that you're rising to, how to to get round this issue of hosepipe bands, etc. Uh, and yes, he says it with a smile on his face and it's entertaining and I, I, quite, I don't... You know, when there are things like that that we're confronted with, it, it, you do dig deep and think, right, what can I do about this? How can I rise to this? Every time I've washed up in the sink or empty water... Um, bottles that my son brings back from uh, working outside all day and there's leftover water in his flask out to the bird bath or out to the tubs outside and watering them all and you do you feel I have to admit you feel that you're doing something you feel that you're coping you're not just giving in to again the local news of droughts and hosepipe bans and da 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 you're actually doing something about it and not giving into it um, you're finding ways around an issue and it, it is good for the soul. It gives you a sense of pride, a sense of achievement, a sense of um, you're resolving um, a challenge. And with the same um, approach, that's exactly how I'm going to go into the winter with all of this um, financial crisis and fuel and costs and stuff. Uh, and, and already I'm saying to the kids, turn that fan off, turn your lights off, turn this off or whatever. Or um, you where to save money, don't go out just to wherever you're planning on going, we're trying to save petrol, etc, etc. And it's good learning for the kids. Again, the media are saying that this is bad for the children. They've got to miss out. You've got to decide what the children can't have and, uh, you know, how awful this is. No, that doesn't do children any harm whatsoever. We grew up with no money, four kids on a minimal wage, and it ha has been great grounding for me, great upbringing, great financial sense um, and financial knowledge and money management uh, as a result. 
And as a result, we didn't have much at all. We had all our cousins' hand-me-downs and my sister's hand-me-downs and so on and so on. So I now love charity shops. I love cutting cost. I love um, saving for things, looking forward for things, um, etc., etc. because I've grown up with it and I am able to appreciate what you get when you get it and to see it for what it's worth rather than just an assumption. It's just to take them for granted it's just there um it doesn't do children any harm whatsoever to sometimes be told no it's not possible it can't have it we can't go on the holiday or we can't go there or we can go there but we have to go when it's cheaper or those things it's good life lessons it will do them good it will do them no harm whatsoever so Actually, we could turn this round for good um, and good opportunity to teach the children things um, that not everything comes easy, not everything's always possible, you don't get everything you want, sometimes you have to go without, and that's fine. So, we need to, I suppose, what I'm saying is don't let that negative media in, don't let it drag you down, don't let their predictions of poor mental health, um, anxiety, depression spread and, and become a reality for you, don't let that happen, rise to the challenge, embrace it, um, see what you can do about it, see it as a life uh, opportunity, see it as a family opportunity, pull together as a team and see where you can all come up with ideas and pull together. Um, and just be careful. I now won't listen to all the, the rubbish on the news. I rarely listen to news. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read the BBC news website at, when I choose. But I don't now um, watch it at 10 o'clock and go to bed with the doom and gloom. Um, because I just think they're trying to sell newspapers, etc. And they're trying to drag us down. And I won't let them get in my head and drag me down at this time. And that's what I'm saying. We need to put up our boundaries just as we wouldn't let someone in our home welcome a stranger into our home in order to trash it and um, wreak havoc in our home. I don't want them to do that in my mind. So seek out, if you want to look after your mental health, if you want to get through the winter in an upbeat way, in a positive way, in a great way, in um, come out stronger, then rise to the challenge. Be mindful of what you let in and what media you listen to and be mindful of how you approach it with the kids and the family and yourself. Um, go to the charity shops, buy some more blankets or a sleeping bag that the kids can sit in while they do their homework, etc. if that's what's required. And also, it's not a truth for everybody. It's more of a truth for some people. More people will struggle as a result. Some in the middle, it might be just cutting a few costs and sacrificing a few things. Others, at the other end of the financial um, spectrum, barely bat an eyelid. It will barely affect them at all. So the, the media are assuming it's everyone. It's not. Um, also, in these times of difficulty, there, there is always, always opportunity. It doesn't matter whether we look at, back in the history of the deep depression, of the bank crises, of various recessions, etc. There's always moments of opportunities for various people. It's just finding what those opportunities are. Um, so we mustn't be doom and gloom because it may well be that it proves to be 
a good time for you. Um, don't don't assume it's going to be negative because it may not. It may be a turning point, a, cry, a, a, a crossroads. Um, you know, when we were in lockdown, there were a lot of businesses, not all businesses closed down and furloughed and stopped. Some grew, some some developed and grew. We, we did the virtual end-to-end challenge from a couple who put virtual walks and virtual um, routes. We did a Land's End to John and Grapes um, around here. Every walk we did we um, and many friends of ours and thousands of thousands of other people paid a small fee to this couple, £29, I think, to take part and get a T-shirt and a medal when you finish Land's End to John O'Grapes. Although you didn't actually physically walk, you walked locally every day and added your mileage. And to clocking off the miles and it would show you on a virtual map where you virtually were on that route. And other routes, the Camino and other, other routes, they've got loads of them. And in lockdown, they did so much good for so many people getting them out getting the part of this virtual community getting people fit getting the people connected who were isolated etc etc it was a brilliant service i suspect they're not making as much as they were now that lockdown's closed down same with peloton bikes and things like that they absolutely um capitalized on lockdown didn't last forever, but it, there are always opportunities in difficult times. They may not be lifelong, but the, it's about adapting to what the opportunity is right now. Um, so it's not doom and gloom for everybody ever. It never is. There's always someone that benefits. There's always someone that suffers. We are in charge of taking personal responsibility and being responsible for our part and how we cope with that and how we rise to it and get through it, come out stronger, wiser, better, healthier, etc. So speaking of which, of course, it is now September and um, my husband and I went out on our long, long bike ride at the weekend all across tracks and woodlands and paths and off road. And it was a Saturday afternoon, lovely temperature, lovely breeze, etc. Perfect, perfect. It wasn't hot, too hot, and it wasn't raining and cold. It was just perfect. Yet we barely saw a soul. <laughs> Literally, we saw one, one small group of walkers and we were out for a few hours. We went a long way, um, covered a lot of the countryside around here. Not a soul. Where was everybody? Where have... Uh, all the walkers and the cyclists and the runners gone. It was so good in the pandemic to see so many people out doing healthy things, looking after themselves, being social, um, sociable and going out for walks with friends. And you'd see them all out there and sitting on park benches and uh, out on bikes and taking picnics and stuff. What's gone on? It's so many people have dropped by the wayside, which makes me think they're back inside, which genuinely worries me because we are now just getting to September when the sunlight weakens, the vitamin D in the sunlight and daylight and the amount of hours of daylight, all of that shrinks down through the winter. And from September, October time, many people in the UK, because of the weaker sun, um, become depleted in vitamin D. Now that is a vitamin that is very important for mood, very, very important for mood, which is why we get the winter blues and depressions in the winter, seasonal affective disorder. It's also very, very important for our immune system, particularly our respiratory immune system. Uh, 
or respiratory system um, with flus and the COVID wandering around still and coughs and colds and chest infections, etc. We need strong vitamin D. So, and the best and easiest way to, to get that is to not be sat inside all day, is to go for a lunchtime walk or to walk to the cycle to the shops or to get out at weekends um, and keep fit, keep outside, keep the fresh air, keep the walking and the movement or the, I don't know, skateboarding or cycling or paddle boarding or whatever you do outside, keep it going in the winter. Don't fall into this thought process that many of us think, oh dear, it's a bit chilly outside. Oh dear, it's raining. It's great, particularly in September, October, being out in the rain. It's warm rain. It's not cold out there at all. It's good for the skin. It's good that wind, the rain, the elements are good for our lungs, our brain, our skin, our breathing, our sleep. Don't forget as well that we need daylight to the back of our eyes to sort out our circadian rhythms and our sleep pattern. We don't get that necessarily inside. So if you're having sleep issues, you definitely need to be outside, preferably a.m. rather than p.m. to get the right sleep hormone um, levels ready for a good night's sleep. So for there are no reasons not to get outside. No, no real reasons not to get outside. So I urge you, if you were getting out and about and it made you feel good, go back to it. Um, I was really troubled about how few people were out and about at the weekend uh, on just keeping those levels up ready for the winter before we have to maybe supplement or whatever. And uh, many of us will not get a sun holiday. Uh, We haven't had a sun holiday (laughs) um, for years as it is, let alone winter ones. Um, So we are almost certainly, most of us in the UK, going to be low in vitamin D levels in the winter. And so anything you can do to get outside as much and as often as you can is going to be helpful for all of those winter blues and sleep and immune reasons and health generally. So that was another point. So not only would I recommend having a good old tidy up of your fridge if it's anything as mine was, but more joking apart, that is just a joke, but most importantly to be careful of what we are reading, what we are listening to and what we are letting in look for positive, look for upbeat, look for comedy, look for positive stuff to to keep us through this crisis. Get outside and get loads of fresh air, exercise, movement, um, vitamin D, meet people, be sociable, um, be outside. And then the other couple of things that I wanted to mention on my little shopping list of topics was a couple of recommendations, actually. Um, I have been listening to How to Fail podcast by Elizabeth Day. And I just yesterday listened to her most recent episode uh, with her guest, Vanessa Feltz. And it was just so inspiring. Such a uh, Vanessa Feltz has had a really tough experience of a, a bitter, horrible, broken marriage. Really sad, really gut-wrenching to listen to. Um, and she... She describes it so eloquently. I love her use of the English language. I love just her communication skills, her work ethic, um, her family ethic and her morals. And just so interesting listening to... The the, the podcast is really worth listening to. It's called How to Fail and it's all about people's failures 
And that's what they discuss, three of their biggest failures in life and what they've learned from them. Because as the strapline says, as Elizabeth Day really cleverly um, explains, if we learn from our failure, if we learn from failure, we learn how to succeed. And I think she is so, so right. We sometimes see failure as a bad thing and it really, really isn't. It's an opportunity to learn and it's an opportunity to learn from it in order to succeed and find happiness, etc. And that's exactly what she, with every guest she has, she goes straight to their biggest failures instead of what a great success and how clever they are or how funny they are or how talented they are. She goes to their failures. They know that before they go in that that's what they're going to be discussing. And I love that embracing our failures, acknowledging them and learning from them. So I would highly recommend that podcast. Um, And the book uh, that I've been reading um, that I would also highly recommend is The Happiness Trap um, by Russ Harris. That's a great book. uh, That covers acceptance uh, commitment therapy or ACT, which is one area that I am really researching, really studying. I love, I'm trying to use it as much as I can, learn more about it as much as I can, follow stuff about it as much as I can, ACT therapy. And I hope to actually properly qualify in it in the next uh, 12 months. That's my goal. However, in the meantime, this is a brilliant book to listen to if you want audiobook or to read. It's got some really good, helpful stuff in it. So that, again, was the podcast was How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. And the book is The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris. And there's two little gifts for you. I love sharing things. If you've got some great recommendations, please do email them to me. I love love hearing recommendations that have been life-changing etc and then following them up so please let's share with each other it's a gift those two things may get you through the winter um i just want us all to come out the other side as strong happy healthy okay good people that's that's what we've all got to strive for at speaking of which teenagers it's september i am working with so many teens from 12 up really at the moment um, they're going back to school they're starting new schools they're going to college they're starting at college or they're returning to college or, or they're going to uni a really potentially challenging time for some exciting for many great for many um, really happy times for many many teenagers and that is fantastic. But it's not all teenagers. Some teenagers at the moment are really struggling with anxiety, with social anxiety, with confidence, with self-esteem, with body image, with lack of motivation, with insecurities, with fears, doubts, um, loneliness, isolation, and so on and so on. I can't, I cannot describe how many Um, worried parents I get on the phone about their teenagers and is there any support you could give them any tips and techniques could you teach them guide them coach them help them and the short answer is yes it's not a one-size-fits-all I am not the right coach for everybody in the world of course I'm not there's many people out there Um, and many different approaches but what I promise is that I will give it personally 110% and hope to help them. And I love working with teenagers because they've got their 
there's so much future ahead of them. And if they learn great techniques now, tools now at this vulnerable age, at this challenging time, and they get through really well, those tools and techniques will help them throughout life. They will help them when they go on to university and settle quickly, make friends, thrive. They will help them in the same way, get a job and settle in that job and thrive and get on with people and fit in and et cetera, et cetera. These are life lessons and skills that I teach adults in exactly the same way. But the exciting thing about teenagers is, is getting them on board earlier so that they can help for so much longer. So if this is for you as an adult, then there's loads you can still do at any point. You can still learn loads of techniques I'm working with somebody that's my age, probably in 50s, uh, that is struggling to to sort of just feel part of the team and fit in comfortably and feel comfortable in the team. Is actually naturally quite introverted, but wants to learn a little bit more uh, social skills and a little bit more confidence to fit in with their team. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is never too late to learn any of those skills and tools and techniques. But if we can help the teenagers, then their very whole future could be very, very different. The things that they will push themselves to try, the doors they will open, the opportunities they will embrace as a result. That perhaps have they not got those tools, they may hold back from and be that 50-year-old that comes later who struggled for years. It's never a right time, but I would say the sooner the better, the younger the better. Um, so with that in mind, um, I am still doing, as I always do, one-to-one coaching with teenagers. Some teenagers prefer that because they are so shy. They don't want to work in a small group with other teenagers. And I get that. That's totally fine. Um, and it's therefore tailored very personally to them. It's just them, them that one teenager and me. We work together on whatever of their own challenges they've got. It's very tailored. Help them, give them the tools, teach them the tools, and off they go. That's brilliant. Equally, I do small group online Zoom um, course over seven weeks uh, with about only five, only five teenagers around about the ages of sort of 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, um, only a tiny small group therefore so it's safer they're a little bit more involved they learn from each other they share Um, it's safe it's non-judgmental they find very quickly that they're all in the same boat they get reassurance that it's not just me oh you feel the same you worry about the same things etc so the power of that is that they they get reassurance from their fellow teenagers and shared experiences But it's a chicken and egg thing where they have to have a little bit of confidence in order to take part. So for some, it's one-to-one coaching they prefer. For others, they are okay, uncomfortable at first, but they quickly learn that it's all right after the first session and that we work together for seven weeks. And some groups have gone on beyond. Parents have asked, can you continue and do a couple more? Well, that's fine. Um, And that, my next one, bearing in mind the schools and the terms starting up and knowing that this may well become a big issue for some, um, that starts on the 20th of September. So if this is a teenager of yours that you're worried about and you would like them to be part of the seven week, next seven week, I'm just coming to an end with this group that I'm working with. It's, um, they've had six weeks, they've got one more to go. They're a super group and they have 
um, completely got involved and embraced it. They've been so good to work with. Um, so that's just coming to an end. And the next one starts on September the 20th, which is a Tuesday evening at seven online on Zoom. Or if you want your teenagers to have one-to-one support online or face-to-face, then just give me a call. Have a look at the website, www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. Of course, that is true. All of that applies to adults too in all sorts of different subjects, stress and confidence and public speaking and career and getting a CV and doing interviews, all of that. All of that is still out there and I still work with adults on um, that a lot as well. A whole host of stuff. Um, So basically have a look at the website and see if there's anything there that would be useful to you or your family member at the moment or a team member actually thinking about it. Um, So I have a free workshop coming up, a free two hour workshop on a Saturday morning. I think that's the following Saturday about the 24th or something in Basingstoke. That's also on the website if you are local-ish and you can get to Basingstoke for two hours. then come and join the group there and get some free confidence um, coaching. Have a look at the website. So I hope that's been helpful. A bit of a a kind of soapbox lecture, really. But I really, really, really mean it from the heart and hope that it helps and it's given you food for thought and it's been useful. If it has, please do cut and paste a link in your social media or give a a review, five-star review maybe, not feeding you at all (laughs) or encouraging you. But apparently if you give a review on your um, podcast provider, wherever you listen to it, it helps people find um, the podcast. Of course, if you're new, there are about 140 previous episodes on millions of different, well, uh, a vast array of different subjects, um, many of which I've touched on already today. Um, But I suggest if you are new and you want to listen to previous episodes, I would suggest you start at the first few episodes, one to ten, as a starter, um, because they give a good foundation rather than go back in time uh, to last week's and the week before and and do it that way. It just makes more sense. Um, But or dip in and out, look at the titles of the series, the subject heading, and just go to whatever is most helpful. That's all we want is to, to help anybody on a subject that is appropriate and giving them struggles at the moment. So pass on the word, share it with your friends, put it on your social media. That's the only thing I ask in return. Um, And thank you. And I just want to say thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you this week. I hope it's helped. Have a cracking week. And I'll speak to you on the next episode of Life Coaching on the Move.